20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Green Bay Packers fans? Welcome back to the 160th episode of Pack a Day Podcast. My name is Jacob Morley. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Um, the season is over. We're out of our misery. We can finally move on. Uh, some exciting stuff happening. Um, Ross, if you could recap this season in one word, what would you have for me? Hurt. The, the, the term would be hurt. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a good that's a good, good way to put it. Um, the highlight of this season, honestly, probably was that first game, wouldn't you say the Chicago game week one? I mean, I mean, it's, it's weird to say the highlight of the season was watching our franchise quarterback get hurt. But uh, it's kind of true because the way he came back. But um, we're going to bury that one deep, though. We're just going to bury this season deep and we're going to move on um, today. Ross, I wanted to talk to you about. Um, some potential head coaching candidates because we are kind of past the point of needing to really talk about anything um, that went on this season um, outside of maybe the the Rodgers concussion uh, which there's not much to talk about there with that either just kind of just really stupid on the Packers part to even have them be playing I don't really want to touch on that because I'll get upset Um, but let's move on Um, let's talk about some head coaching candidates There, there are some names starting to surface about who the Packers have have requested to interview um, but one of the names that really came up yesterday, Ross, and I wanted to talk to you about this because I know as far as our lists go, this is probably one guy that I think we have really different takes on. And I think it'd be interesting just for kind for people listening to kind of just get both sides of this. Um, and that guy is, is uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Um, I know he's not even in your top five that you kind of were, we were talking about yesterday. And he's my number one guy. I, I love Pat Fitzgerald. A couple weeks ago, we talked about him. But, that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I think they could get someone better. Uh, but just the more I've let that sink in, the more I've, I've researched Pat and, and kind of watched and, and, talk, and talked and listened to other people talk about him, um, the more he's moved on my board. I'm really a big fan of his. Um, so we can jump into him right away if you want to just kind of go back and forth. Um, so Pat Fitzgerald, for me, if we talk about his resume, um, you know, in college, he was a two-time defensive player of the year. He won the Bronco Nagurski and the Chuck Benderek Award twice at Northwestern. You know, as Big Ten fans, a lot of you all are probably listening. You probably remember Pat Fitzgerald in his playing days. Um, so outside of that, the biggest thing for me, Ross, that I like about Pat Fitzgerald um, is, number one, I think he is probably one of the best leaders in all of college sports and maybe sports right now. Um, and the reason I say that is because when he took over at Northwestern, this is a guy that's 31 years old. You know, he takes over for a Randy Walker who had who had actually just just un, uh, unexpectedly passed away. He had a heart attack, um, and so Pat Fitzgerald was was kind of thrust into the head coaching position at Northwestern. You know, at the time, he, like I said, he was 31, which would have made him the youngest coach in you know FBS football by five years. Uh, so you talk about leaders and you talk about guys that can come into a situation like that 
and rally a group of you know college athletes to kind of get behind him and say, hey, you know what, this is a really unfortunate event that happened, but we're going to take this program to new heights. And that's exactly what he did. And Randy Walker wasn't just some guy that was there for two years now. He was a six-year guy. You know, everyone in that program knew who he was. That obviously would be a very emotional time um, for him, So, or for everyone involved. And for a guy like Pat Fitzgerald to be able to come in and take that group and really move forward, that just shows you right there, especially at the age of 31, that this is a guy that, you know, he's got cojones. He is, you know, he's a leader. He's, guy, he's someone that people are going to follow. Um, and that's a big deal for me. The second thing on my list that I really like about Fitzgerald is just discipline in general. Um, just pulling up some stats, Northwestern under his tenure has been one of the fewest penalized teams in college football. In fact, last year, Northwestern is the number one team um, in major college football in penalties per game. They average under two penalties per game. Um, and I think that's a direct reflection of his coaching ability. Third thing on my list is, is loyalty. Um, he's a guy that stayed in the past. The only job for him is Northwestern. And you might be saying, well, then why would he want to come to Green Bay? Well, because it's Green Bay. That's why that's my thought process behind that. But he's turned down multiple NFL interviews in the last 13 years. Um, and I know he's a guy, not just not, not even in Green Bay, outside of Green Bay, he's very well respected in the NFL community. Um, and then, you know, his, you just talk about his resume, his coaching, his coaching uh, resume is basically in nine or in 13 seasons, he has taken Northwestern to nine bowl games. And the Big Ten, you know, the Big Ten is not some, you know, crazy awesome conference, but he's been able to take a team in Northwestern that before that, we're kind of bottom dwellers. So get this stat. In nine seasons, or in 13 seasons, nine bowl games, before Pat Fitzgerald, they had been to six bowl games in 123 years. Um, so he's a guy that I think can come in and turn a program around, um, get them back to where we need to be. But the last one, and I know this is something that some people didn't quite um, get what I was talking about when I said this, but just as far as, and I know you agree with me on this, Ross, cultural fit um he's a guy that i think is going to come into green bay and just fit in the mold of a green bay packers head coach immediately he's a guy that's going to love that job um and that's something that mike mccarthy did maybe better than anyone mike mccarthy bled green and gold the whole time he was here and so i think pat fitzgerald even though he was a bears fan i don't think he would be if he was a green bay packers fan because the green bay packers you want to talk about so what is the culture of green bay packers well the Packers don't do weird things. Their head coaches don't do weird things like paint their house the color of their opponent. We don't do weird things like, say, how kick-ass our offense is. We don't tell people that our goal is to beat anyone. The goal of the Green Bay Packers is to rest the top of the NFC North because they are the class of the NFC North, and that is the culture of Green Bay. So I think Pat Fitzgerald is going to come in and, and set that standard right away. So that's my case for Pat Fitzgerald. Now, Ross, I know he's not in your top five, so, and I'm not trying to convince you, Ross, but I do want to hear, so what is your take on Pat Fitzgerald? Why, if, you know, if he was hired to be the next coach of the Green Bay Packers, why would you roll your eyes? Uh, a number of reasons. Number, I mean, one of the big things is it, it just, the optics of it are not good. And, and ultimately, if he ends up being a, a, a good coach, that doesn't matter, but it would look like a very lazy hire. Uh, Mark Murphy was Northwestern's AD back when 
it was time to replace Randy Walker and he hired Pat Fitzgerald. So it would, you know, be kind of, it would look kind of lazy for him to uh, just hire the same guy the next time he was, you know, supposed to hire a coach. The other thing, you know, is the complete lack of NFL experience. He was, I don't even, did he make the league? I mean, I know he won all those awards, but I don't think he had much or if, if any of a, of, of a playing career in the NFL certainly no NFL coaching experience. And it just frankly, for me, he doesn't win enough. You know, the Big Ten, as hard as it may be to hear for some of the, of the Badger fans are probably listening to this, is is not the the tip top of, of college football. Uh, it's it, it, it's not even close. I mean, they weren't even in, in the college playoff game uh, this last – or the, the college playoffs this last year. This guy – has never had a team ever ranked higher than 12th in the country during any week. I don't mean like I finished the season that way. Um, he's had one preseason top 25 team. He's had three postseason top 25 teams. This is a guy that's been here for 13 years now. He's three and five in bowl games. Uh, never had anything better than a 10 and three record. It just, he, and I get it. Uh, the Northwestern kids don't come, you know, to, uh, to go to school. Well, neither do the Stanford kids. And I would say what, what Harbaugh and David Shaw have done at Stanford is a lot more impressive than what Pat Fitzgerald has done at Northwestern. He has been brutal offensively. Uh, I, I get that he's a defensive player. I get that he's a defensive coach, uh, but his ability to hire competent offensive coaches has been slim to none. And that is something that would be absolutely requisite if he were to come to Green Bay. This guy is 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 a candidate that I could talk myself into, but you're right; he's not in my top five. I don't, you know, I I don't think that he makes a ton of sense because the performance just just isn't there. I mean, uh, eight and five this year, seven and six two years ago, uh, 2013, 2014, back to back five and seven seasons it's not the one for me that that's it i mean he, he just is not the the guy for me and that's fair and i think that's you know you hit on all the points of basically why you would be nervous to hire a guy like Fitzgerald. um but the only the counter i would have and you know you're absolutely right and i've looked it up he did not play in the nfl he didn't make it um but you know mike mccarthy coming in maybe he didn't have the most impressive resume either you know and some people are going to look at that and say well i don't want a young mike mccarthy and to me, I would say, well, why? <laughs> why would you not want a young Mike McCarthy? The first seven years of Mike McCarthy's tenure in Green Bay were incredible. Um, but but we can move on from Fitzgerald because, honestly, that's what it's going to be for the next few weeks. It's going to be Packers fans kind of going back and forth on on who their guy is. And, honestly, Ross, it's been, it's been a lot of fun already just to kind of see, you know, who people like, who they don't like. Um, you know, our, our, our founder – uh, Andy, Andy Herman's list of guys he doesn't want is like, look at this push like 40 guys right now. So that's kind of, it's just going to be kind of fun. Um, but you know, I, I do have faith in Mike Mar or, uh, Mark Murphy that he will make the right hire. I hope that's, that's all I can really have. Um, even though he's definitely kind of left some of us with, uh, some questions, but we'll move on from that. So, um, that's, that's Pat Fitzgerald. He was kind of popular yesterday, but some other guys are on this list and, um, this morning, even it's, you know, it's Monday afternoon right now. Um, so this is a list of guys that um, have either interviewed or will be interviewed. And then I have one guy on here that 
it's reported that the Packers are not expected to interview him, and which is kind of a surprise. But let me just go through that. Obviously, we know about uh, Chuck Pagano, Jim Caldwell, both ex, you know, Indianapolis Colts head coaches. I honestly think, Ross, that both of those guys are just two guys that they're really just kind of trying to refine their process. I don't take Chuck Pagano or Jim Caldwell as serious candidates for this job. Um, and you can and agree or disagree with me on this, Ross. You know, the Packers haven't had to hire a head coach in 13 years. They're not just going to hire. I mean, they're not, you know, they want to refine their process. They want people to sit down with them so they can get their ducks in a row so they can make sure whatever questions they're asking or whatever process they're using is on point and it's what they want. Um, and they're, and they're getting to the end goal. So, um, would you agree with me that Chuck Pagano and Jim Caldwell probably fit into that mold of just guys that they want to sit down with and kind of hammer out some details? Yeah, and and the other thing is too, you have to remember who was available. You know, who could you uh, respectfully interview? Well, it wasn't any college coaches that whose seasons were still going. Uh, it, it wasn't any NFL coaches, any NFL assistants whose seasons were going. So who's left? the retirees and the retreads. I mean, that that's it. So that's why the first candidates to be interviewed were guys that got fired, you know, guys that have been head coaches in the league, guys that aren't attached to, you know, because there's not a lot of assistance uh, from non-playoff teams that, that, that have interest. And that's just, you know, the way that it works. That's the way that the league is. And so, uh, it, it makes a ton of sense that the first two guys that they hired were just guys that, you know, had been head coaches before, uh, had a little bit of familiarity with with the system. Caldwell, obviously, having been in the division before, um, I, I just, you know, it, it makes it makes sense that it was those two guys, and it got it, it got everybody a little uh, bent out of shape. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know, but it doesn't bother me because, like you said, like that's. And when you go through the list of who's available, those probably were the top. They probably are the top two guys that were unemployed at the time. Um, I, I like the Jim Caldwell interview because, like you said, that's the guy that was in the division. How did you prepare for us? What did you look at? What did you do? What do you know about us? You know, from an outsider's perspective, that's that's valuable intel that the Packers are gaining. Um, so that's that's cool. And then Chuck Pagano, honestly, Jim Ursay, I think he's kind of the trump card in this because I think Pagano maybe didn't get quite a fair shake, but. In any case, if Chuck Pagano were the next coach of the Packers, I would be shocked. So we don't need to spend really any more time on them. But let's get into guys that so far look like they may be legitimate candidates. Um, and so those guys, you know, just this morning, two guys that have been announced, the Packers have requested to interview them are Dan Campbell, um, tight ends coach of the uh, New Orleans Saints, and then Mike Munchik who is the offensive line coach of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers right now. Obviously, uh, Mike Munchek is an ex-NFL coach. He coached the Tennessee Titans for two years, two or three years. Um, pretty unimaginative offensive mind, if you ask me, especially with Marcus Mariota. So that would be a very uninspiring hire for me. Uh, but then Dan Campbell is interesting to me, Ross, because – he took over for Joe Philbin for the final four games or whatever it was in Miami. And I think he actually, he was pretty impressive, but I think the kind of the general consensus was he's still too young. Um, but now, you know, going in and learning under Sean Payton in, in, uh, in New Orleans, he's a guy that I think, you know, would be, 
would be uh, I could talk myself into him, especially because he's got a connection to Zach Taylor, who is um, in uh, in L.A. right now the, under the Rams or quarterback coach. He actually hired him and let him call plays in Miami when he was the interim head coach there. Um, so that would be a really interesting hire for me if you could bring Zach Taylor in and like his has like his OC. But uh, so Dan Campbell, Mike Munchak, Ross, give me your thoughts on those two names. I'd be a lot more excited about Campbell. Uh, Munchak is just not a guy that's inspiring. Uh, you mentioned the lack of success in Tennessee, and not that he had every you know uh, tool in the box to really work with there either. But I, I just he's not the guy. You know, Mike Munchak's not the guy. Uh, makes sense that they want him in the room. He's done excellent work with Pittsburgh's offensive line. I mean, their offensive line is awesome. It doesn't, you know, I, I, I'm one of those guys that really devalues the running back position. But even the way I feel about running backs, to watch Le'Veon Bell just seamlessly move from – uh, or the Pittsburgh Steelers seamlessly moved from Le'Veon Bell to, to Connor with no problems and then to Jalen Samuels and win me a fantasy football championship with no problems is uh, truly, truly inspiring. And, they, I mean, they, he, they've done an excellent job on that offensive line, but we've already kind of seen that. The Campbell thing, though, that is interesting. Uh, that's a guy – I'm old enough to even remember him being in the league, Dan Campbell. And so yep. – well, he's with the Cowboys for yep. forever, right? He was kind of tight end too with Jason Witten, I think, uh, for, mm-hmm. for a little mm-hmm. while there. And and so Campbell is a guy who who's young and exciting, uh, comes from an offensive tree that you'd be interested in, has that associate head coach tag with New Orleans. If the Sean Payton system is something that you're looking to try uh, to install, and he's a guy I think, frankly, that that works great with. Uh, uh, Mike Pettin, you know, if, if you're of the opinion that Pettin should stay around, uh, then why wouldn't you want, and he's not grizzled necessarily, but he's an older dude that has been around. Why wouldn't you want a guy with the experience of Mike Pettin there to kind of guide a young coach like a Dan Campbell uh, when, when, when situations arise that maybe he hasn't seen before? So that that is the kind of guy that I think Green Bay, you know, would maybe consider the fans of Green Bay would maybe consider an out of left field hire, but it would certainly be something that I could get behind. And it would be uh, kind of in that McCarthy mold of a, Oh wow. That wasn't what we thought was going to happen. Well, he's actually, so it's not only the Packers that have requested to interview him, the Browns have as well, which I also, I just saw a report and I haven't able to see if it's true or not, but, um, someone reported that Mike McCarthy is going to accept the Cleveland Browns position in the next like 24 hours. I don't know if that's true. He had a blue check mark, but we'll see. Um, but so Dan Campbell, um, and what do you think? Um, I mentioned the Zach Taylor connection with him. What would your thoughts be on being able to bring a guy like that in? You know, it would be a promotion for him to come in as an OC. Um, is he a guy that you know a lot about or have any comments about? Yeah, I'm 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 not crazy impressed with the job that his brother's done in Philadelphia, uh, but but Zach has done an excellent job in 
uh, in, in L.A. or at least as far as the production on the field looks like, you know, we don't really know. And that's the thing even with John Filippo, We don't really know who should get the credit in a lot of these situations. And and uh, that's, I think, the the trouble in kind of hiring that next guy. And that would be the, the uh, concern here, obviously, is was it McVeigh? Is it Zach Taylor? You know, uh, same thing with with the Philadelphia Eagles last year. Well, was it Reich? Was it Peterson? Was it JDF? You know, who who really does deserve the credit for these kind of things? So it, it's a it's a crapshoot, you know, for sure. And that's you know to get off topic a little bit. I think you're you just nailed it there. With a lot of times, it's not just one guy. Anyways, you know, um, you know, I've coached. I, this is this will be my seventh year of coaching. You know, high school football. And I've had three head coaches and you talk about, you know, what makes that coaching room good? What makes it special? Um, the best coach I've ever coached under, you know, was not like a crazy offensive minded guy. He was not a crazy defensive minded guy. He was a CEO type that could come in and delegate responsibilities super well. He would lean on the guys that were there with him. Um, so, you know, when people talk about just wanting, I just want that young offensive mind. Great. Good. Me too. But who is he going to surround himself with? How is he going to work with them? How is he going to be able to be that CEO type coach? You know, because you're a head coach, you kind of, you have to be, that's a responsibility that I think a lot of these young coaches that haven't done it before. That's what gets them is the fact that you're coming in. You don't just get to be the guy that sits in that room and, and says, Hey, this is how we're going to attack this team this week. You have, you wear so many different hats. You know, so that's why, you know, some of these guys that are younger, I think that's the biggest thing that you need to be able to find. I think that's the biggest question mark to you. You just don't know, Ross. You have no idea. You can sit down and interview with these guys and they can say all the right things. But until you're there and you've done it, you just don't know. And that's why, what is it? The stat is like one out of every seven NFL head coaches. They don't pan out. There's a higher bust rate on NFL coaches than there is on first round draft pick, you know, so. Um, this is, you know, this is a, you know, a, an unsettling time for Green Bay, and this is something they need to get right. You know, one thing that Green Bay's got going for them, though, is what I said earlier. The culture of Green Bay is we're the class of the NFC. You know, this this is a place that you need to be. I don't buy into all these reports that say Green Bay is not the number one head coaching job in in the NFL. I just I don't buy it. You know, it, it is. Um, so with these young guys, you know, I kind of got kind of went down a different road there. But with these young guys, that's that's my biggest concern um and i'm with you though on dan campbell he is a guy that that definitely piques my interest he's someone that um i dare i say would even be excited if if they made that hire um but so other guys so dan campbell and mike munchek those were kind of the two newer names that were on there today um but so other guys we talked about patrick there already already they're expected to request an interview for him um, but then the other two guys on this list right now are two patriots guys so i'm going to pair them together We've talked about Josh McDaniels a little bit already, um, but the, the newer name that's kind of surfaced is Brian, Brian Flores. Um, uh, he's their defensive coordinator right now, their first-year defensive coordinator. Um, I don't have a t- – I don't really know anything about him, Ross, so I'm going to let you take the, the, the reins on him. But Josh McDaniel, we've talked about him, you know, and I, I saw you tweet out earlier today, Ross, and, I, and you, you nailed it. You know, McDaniels, Denver stuff, that was – that might as well be another lifetime ago, especially in the NFL. You know, you look more at what he's been able to do coming back to New England and and kind of reestablishing himself there. 
Um, I know the the cold stuff is weird. That is weird. I, I won't deny that. But Josh McDaniels is a guy that I would be excited about, especially because I, I think Josh McDaniels comes in. I think he brings Cliff Kingsbury with him, um, who is expected to, even though he just signed with uh, USC, I still think he'd make the jump to the NFL given the opportunity, especially if it's with Josh McDaniels. So uh, we've talked about McDaniels, Ross. I kind of know what your thoughts are on him, but if you want to uh, kind of dig into that again and then talk to us about Brian Flores, what do you know about him? You know, very little, same as you. Uh, in fact, he's not technically even the defensive coordinator in New England. They're referring him to him as the de facto defensive coordinator. Uh, if you check on the Pats website, his official job title is linebackers coach. That's it. Uh, I mean, you know, Bill Belichick is the defensive coordinator. That is, that is uh, for sure in New England. In fact, uh, I, I would say Bill Belichick is probably the greatest defensive coordinator that ever lived. Uh, so, it, you know, that's maybe why you've seen guys like Mangini and Patricia not uh, necessarily show out to have been the guys that were carrying the water uh, on that deal. Uh, anyway, the bottom line is that I, I don't know if Flores is a realistic candidate. Uh, New England this year is 16th in, uh, in, in weighted DVOA. So that's dead average, you know, in, in the league. Um, not anything that you would want to pull from, you know, and, and not anything that you would really decide like, okay, we, we need to get get the guy behind that unit, and, and and even at that point, he's not the guy behind that unit. Uh, you look at the failures of, of Matt Patricia, at least in his first year, um, it, it just would be difficult, I think, to say, okay, we need to find a way to get the defensive guy for the Patriots. Uh, the McDaniel's thing, I think, you know. He's got to be the front runner at this point. Uh, I'm not saying necessarily that I would, uh, you know, that, that I, I would believe that he is a shoe in. Uh, I don't think he's a prohibitive favorite of any kind, but he definitely makes the most sense. Uh, and and there's a lot of, you know, chatter tying him to the job. So that that's something I think that you can look forward to and, and the, the numbers are what the numbers are. So uh, either he's grown up and matured or he hasn't. And uh, he, he's brilliant, man. I mean, there's no question about that. You, you see what I say, you know, top six offense this year, a bunch of nobodies, you know, and, and a very, very old quarterback, the top offense in the league, EVOA wise in 17, the top offense in the league, DVOA wise, in sixteen, the guy coaches his ass off, man. And and uh, you know, I always think of that one quote from Tom Brady where he's kind of just admitting how much better Rodgers is than him, saying, "If he had our scheme, if he knew our stuff, he would throw for seven thousand yards." Well, this is the scheme. <laughs> this is the guy. Uh, that that culture, and that was one of the things that I'm interested in too. That's what Belichick said, or supposedly. If you come back and don't take this indie job, I will start teaching you how to be a head coach. Well, I'm in on that deal. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's in and, and one year, one year, and one year of that, you know, <laughs> what does that mean? And that's that's an interesting quote too. Uh, you know, McDaniel's. I think you know, you talk about boomer bust. I think that's if the Packers hire Jack, just like they're going for it. You know what I mean? And they should be going for it anyways. But like they're really like that. That has the potential, I think, to blow up in their face. But I, I oh, think, yeah. like you said, he is. Daniel's hire goes one of two ways. It either goes great, and they go back to being contenders, and they win another Super Bowl or two before Rodgers retires, or it completely implodes, and the guy is gone in three years, and Green Bay has nothing to show for the end of, of, of Rodgers' career. Yeah. But – Shoot, I mean, you can make the argument, shoot your shot, though. It'd be hard for Packers fans to look back and say, we wasted his, you know, Aaron Rodgers wasted his career the last five, six years, you know, just because of whatever. At least they took their shot. So, I don't know. Um, that'll be really interesting to see what happens with that, for sure. But, so, before we go, though, there's one guy um, that's on this list that is surprising that they're not, they, it's, it's, you know, reported that they're not going to request an interview with him. Um, and that is Eric Bieniemy, the uh, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's not expected to interview, which, you know, he's only he's been there been offensive coordinator for one year. He seems like he's the next guy up on that list, but it uh, doesn't look like they're going to bring him in, Ross. What are your thoughts on that? It's fine. I, I don't, you know, it doesn't bug me. They're going to, they've kind of identified their guys. They've, he's not at the top of my list. He, he's on my list. Uh, if it's not him, they probably have their reasons. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about it. They, they're casting a wide enough net. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, and that's, that's, I don't really have anything to add to that because that's basically exactly how I feel about it. He's not at the top of my list, at the bottom of my list, but uh, he's on that. So, um, you know, a lot of interesting stuff is going to be coming up uh, here in Packerland, especially probably in the next two, three weeks as far as the head coaching search. Um, one question for you, Ross. Uh, so as far as, you know, like hi- hiring and interviewing guys like McDaniels, what are the rules on that for a team that's still alive and well in the playoffs? The rules on what? I'm sorry. Uh, so it's like the pack, when could the Packers, you know, if, let's say the, the Patriots make the Super Bowl. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. They'd have to wait until after the Super Bowl to hire, to interview Josh McDaniels, right? No, no, they can do it this week. They're on a bye. That's the rule. So if the team is on a bye, the assistants can interview. Yeah, because if you remember, okay, cool. Uh, McDaniel's was okay. announced as Indy's next coach at the Super Bowl. It wasn't until after the Super Bowl that it turned out he wasn't going. Okay. So we, I mean, realistically, we could know then by the end of this week. I mean, that'd be quick, but that could happen. It could, certainly. Yeah, it could. Cool. Awesome. Well, hey, well, hopefully uh, we get some news on that soon. This is going to be fun to speculate, as we all have been doing for the last couple weeks now. Uh, But other than that, Ross, I don't have much else to talk about. Kind of just glad this hurtful season is over and we will move on and uh, look for a brighter future with a new head coach. Um, so, Ross, uh, thank you as always for joining me. Um, until next time, guys, go back up.
Shotgun formation, a third and 15 to the 46-yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rodgers looks it over and gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Good Adams! 30! Turns up field, 25! Cutting right to the 20! 15! 10! 5! Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown! Rodgers looks it over. Starts to his left. Now he moves. Starts to the right side. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield, being flushed. Rolling left, winds up. Rainbows it high and deep into the end zone. It's high. What did it caught? It is caught for a